Good day to all the listeners. Welcome to the New Life Behavior podcast series. My name is Oscar and I'm a volunteer instructor for New Life Behavior. Now, New Life Behavior is presented worldwide, many countries and several on the African continent. Now, the New Life Behavior ministry or series is completely free of charge to all who will benefit from the studying thereof. No request for money will be made and any donations are completely voluntary. The New Life Behavior Ministry courses, the core curriculum, is a comprehensive study to discover a meaningful and personal relationship with God. The curriculum contains 174 lessons divided into 14 courses. The New Life Behavior curriculum is designed to help individuals to be reconciled to God reconciliation of families and society. It is designed for people in all walks of life. It has been well received by Christians and non-Christians alike. These lessons will cover the following. A sense of self. A sense of family. Parenting matters. True freedom. Christian marriage skills. Christian women. Attitudes and Behaviors, Christians Against Substance Abuse, There's a Family Net Series, The Seeker Bible Study Series, Prisoners of Christ, Managing My Anger, Christians Against Sex Addiction, Managing My Finance. Now all the lessons that will be presented are also available on the New Life Behavior International website and their address would be nlbi.net. We can give you at this stage two email addresses. The one email address is 10, the number 10, Winterhook with a capital W, winterhook at gmail.com. So that is 10 capital W I N T E R H O E K at gmail.com and or Chris Burke C H R I S B U R K E at mweb.co.za. In this way, we say welcome to New Life Behavior Ministries. Good day listeners, good day alle luisteraars, welcome here by New Life Behavior. Today we are going to move to a new course. Last time in our previous episodes we have covered course 1, lessons 1 and 2, which talked about God being concerned about us and in the second instance about God valuing us saying that we are people of great value. Now today just because I feel that we need to not progress too quickly with course one and to actually bring in a course that will take us back to course one I'm going to move to course 10 and we're going to deal with lesson 
today now the first lesson and then part of the second lesson and in following podcasts we'll progress through course 10. Course 10 lesson 1 asks the question the God of the Bible. Now the Bible is the word of God. What is he really like? So let's talk about our description, your description of what you think God is really like. Now at the end of these lessons there's going to be a study sheet which you can complete. So it would be good if you have a look at the questions but do not complete them. Rather go through the lesson first and then complete the questions at the end. Now the 10 lessons that are contained in this called the Seeker series have been signed primarily for use as a Bible correspondence course. This convenient plan of study allows you to study the Bible independently and even in the privacy of your own home. The goal of this course is to help honest seekers discover God's will for their lives. But before I start, I'd just like to say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to share the good news about Jesus. Help us, Father, to try and bring more people to you, that we can walk together and share in your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Now, the God of the Bible, what is he really like? Well, it says, in the beginning, God. These are the first four words in the Word of God, in the Bible. There's no effort to prove God. No lengthy appeal to persuade an unbeliever to accept his reality. The existence of God is just assumed. And it says in the book of Acts, verse 28, 17, 28, it says, For in Him, Christ, we live and move our and have our being. We are His offspring. And as the motto of New Life Behavior says, that in Christ we are a new creation, the old is gone and the new is come. If you struggle with your belief in God, please do not be discouraged. Remember what Jesus said. He said, seek and you will find. And also if you definitely do not believe in God and feel you cannot proceed with this study course on the basis of faith in God, please allow us to refer you to our summary sheet. Our summary sheet provides you with many, many opportunities that take you into other areas of life like parenting matters and uh, marriage skills and, and the role of the woman, attitudes and behaviors, managing my anger, the family se- uh, net series. So there are many opportunities here to make, to make use of the, the courses that are made available. But acceptance of God's reality is the foundation rock of faith. In Hebrews 11:6, it says, "Without faith, 
faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So the goal of this lesson is not to ask, does God exist? Instead, it's about exploring the question, what is God like? And humans have always struggled to describe the nature of God who is indescribable. The mystery of God is almost unfathomable. Now there are two key words that are pertinent. Now partij van die woorde is groot woorde en as jy dit vertaal dan is dit net een anglicisme. So ek gaan probeer waar ek groot woorde gebruik to give you the simple of as jy die eenvoudige interpretatie daarvan. Some of the words I'm saying are quite big. We don't always understand them. So we're going to try and also simplify these bigger concepts or bigger words that we find. The first word is transcendence. This really talks about that God is beyond the limits of human knowledge and experience. God moves beyond physical needs and realities. Another word we must use is imminence. The concept that God is near, being present as a natural and a permanent part of us. To say that God is incomprehensible is not to say that you cannot know anything about God, just that you cannot know everything about God. In the book of John 17 and verse 3 it says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now another word that's used for God is a God of unlimited power. In Afrikaans gebruik ons die woord almachtig. As ons bid, dan sê ons almachtige Heere. So God is all-powerful. In the book of Psalms 33 verse 6 it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. You see, we read about the creative power in the first chapter of Genesis, noting the mighty power that was un- unleashed every time God spoke. A second concept of God, or point about God, is that He's a God of unlimited knowledge. Als wetend, sê ons in Afrikaans. He knows everything. He knows the past, He knows the present and the future. His knowledge is complete and perfect. And in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Account being an Afrikaans rekenskap. So here we're talking about a God that we that values us, and a God that's concerned about us, but also a God that we will give account to. I want to read again sections of Psalm 139, which I read in a previous uh, uh, podcast. 
says, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Where, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And then moving to verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. In the next instance, we have a God whose presence is unlimited. See, the idea that God as a spirit being, in John 4 verse 24, can be everywhere at once. The book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, chapter 23, verses 23 and 24 says, Am I only a God nearby and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him. See, the book of Acts brings us home again to the real point of, of being in Christ and being with God. In Acts 17.28, it says, In him we live and we move and we have our being. But still, we find that humans attempt to run away from God. You see, He is near to bless and comfort us when we're doing right. But He is also a God who dis disturbs and convicts when we do wrong. And in the New Testament, it could be called God prunes us so that we can bring new growth. But Acts 17 and 27, Paul says, God is not far from each one of us. And then we need to deal with a God of holiness. And obviously versing, uh, versus worldliness. You see, in Exodus 15 and verse 11 it says, Who among the gods is like you? O Lord, who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Here is wonderlijk, is majestuous in heiligheid. 
The book of Revelation says in chapter 15 verse 4, Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. See, God is pure and perfect in every way. John in First uh, John 1 verse 5 says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Isn't it wonderful to think we could live in this world, but say this, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. But back on earth, what should be our posture? We should actually, our attitude and our approach towards God should be a sense of humility, a sense of praise and dependency. It's the only posture that will ever allow human beings to stand before him in strength. So the question is, how will we respond? I don't know if you've ever been in a very dark place in our country, South Africa, where there is no light and there is no moon and the sky is clear if you look up and look at the Milky Way. It is just unfathomable. It's beyond human comprehension. It gives us a time of serious contemplation of the greatness of God and should create within the human heart a sense of smallness, humility, dependence, obedience and worship. See, when humans experience a deep sense of God's presence and power, they want to respond in humility and praise. Now in the next lesson, which we're going to commence now, shortly, and deal with in part, we'll be taking a closer look at modern day trends, which are creating barriers between ourselves and God. Some of these are so subtle that we are unaware of their impact on our lives. Today, God is not being given the place of preeminence, of Afrikaans voorrang, that he deserves. And, and that preeminence that passes all others. Our culture is finding ingenious ways to crowd him out and stifle his voice. No, the words that relate to God should be excellence, superiority, supremacy, greatness, perfection. And Afrikaans uitneemendheid, uitneemendheid, meerwaardig, oppergesag, grootheid. The question is, are those the recognitions that we give to God? I'd like now to move into the second part of this morning which we will continue in the next we will complete in the next um, session the question is culture in which we live why has it changed so much and we need to look at this at our culture and try to discover what really has happened and like the previous lessons we ask ourselves this question, and if you are studying this series or want to study it, read the questions on the last page of this course 10, lesson 2. Do not attempt to answer them, but rather, rather 
read the lesson, study the lesson, and then answer the questions. You know, we assure each student that participating in the Seeker series that we're now into lesson two of does not obligate you in any way. And I confirm there's no charge for what you are participating in here. And also biblical quotations and references in the lessons are based on the new international version of the Bible and you may wish to use another uh, translation if you will. Again, the culture in which we live. Why has it changed so much? The only thing not changing is the fact that everything's changing. We're saying today that the only constant we have today is change. And some changes are good. On the other hand, many of the changes that have occurred in our culture over the past three or four decades, and in fact in the last decade, have not been good. There has been a major shift away from God, away from respect for the Word of God, the Bible as we know it, away from an appreciation for Judeo-Christian Judea, uh, values. In other words, the values that belong both to the Jewish people, the common values between Jews and Christians, common to both, away from strong, cohesive, disciplined families. What's going on in our culture? Why the shift? Why the slide? In many ways, the changes have occurred so slowly and inconspicuously, and on the other hand, so rapidly, that almost no one became alarmed. In fact, human humanity has become pleased and enamored by changes. Life has never been better. Ons het verlief geraak op die lewe as silks. Why have so many things in our culture changed so rapidly? In a wrong direction. Perhaps we should define what we mean by culture. Culture is a particular way of living that is shared by a group of human beings. The term refers to ideas, ideals, customs and patterns that ca characterize a given community of individuals. Cultural patterns affect the way people think, talk and act. Now, Can we account for some of the unwholesome and unhealthy changes that are occurring in our culture and we're going to deal with this in our next presentation but I want to leave you now with one verse that's quite stunning out of Matthew chapter 24 the heading in many Bibles says the signs of the end of the age and in verses 11 and 12 it tells us and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. In Afrikaans sê hulle, daar sal baie vals profete kom en hulle sal baie mense mislei omdat die minachting van die wet van God sal toeneem, sal die liefde by baie verkoel. Hope you enjoyed the session. We're going to join you next time to continue this particular session, the culture, and then move on to the next lesson.
Thanks for listening. Dankie dat jy geluister. Now just a few little easy tips. First of all, each lesson is going to ask you to note a few personal thoughts about the question that is asked. And then read the questions at the end of the lesson, but do not attempt to answer them. Then study or read the lesson. Then answer the questions and then give yourself the opportunity to write some personal reflections. And you are more than welcome to send your answers and questions to 10, the number 10, winterook at gmail.com at mweb.co.za.